Mark is here tonight. Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thank good. you. Good. Could you just, uh, oh, of course, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> Could you let people know a little bit about yourself at home and what makes you tick and so they can get to know Mark just a little bit more? Yeah, uh, well, I sound like a broken record, but I love to play basketball. I just moved into the Modesto campus and it's been fun trying to learn the city uh, and get to find the spots. And what makes me tick? Uh, do you know those, like those fitness warm-up pants? And then every time you take a step, it just makes like a really annoying sound. That is most pants for me. <laughs> and I, you know, do I look like someone who knows those fitness pants? <laughs> and most of the time, I'm just asking myself, am I going to fit in this pants? <laughs> That's a terrible dad joke. <laughs> uh, what about them? Well. I don't know. It's just every time someone wears those, maybe it's because I grew up playing basketball, but anytime that other team would be having those, I was like, oh, guys, we got to get this one. <laughs> <laughs> Are they like the pants that like, they're like the tear off pants that, you know, Similar you got to that kind of material, uh, but just the sound. Of I it think I know so what irritating. sound you're talking about. Like, yeah. This is, I'm not an athletic person by any stretch of the imagination. I, I love sports and stuff like that. But I, you know, when I got into high school, I kind of went from sports into music and just stayed with music. But I, I did play on the freshman basketball team. Well, oh, wow. if I'm, you know, if I'm being honest, I sat the bench on the freshman basketball team. Uh, and we had the removable pants. And I think I know what sound you're talking about. Like the I uh, just, with, I don't know. That's the sound that's in my head. I don't know if that's the sound that you're thinking of, but um, I want to know something, all right? And we, because we always start with an icebreaker question. And as a reminder, this isn't just a question for Mark, right? It's a question for everybody to answer at home in the comments. But it's an icebreaker question. And uh, I just want to know how honest you're going to be with this, all right? Because only you will know how yeah. honest you're being. But it's this What's the most embarrassing thing? you've ever done oh what's the most embarrassing thing that you have ever done give me a second here because i have like a whole <laughs> you got a, you got a whole <laughs> list of things i yeah. love it i love oh, it man. and while he's thinking you guys think at home or start putting your comments in right now what's the most embarrassing thing that you guys at home have ever done we'd love to know that too oh i don't know if it's the most embarrassing thing but it's one of the top things that comes to my mind okay i was believe in the fourth or fifth grade and then uh, I went to the bathroom and I guess the door was put in a way where I couldn't see the sign and so I went to the wrong bathroom everyone in the playground just went silent oh no yeah and uh I don't know how I recovered from that I don't know if I did <laughs> <laughs> and what grade was it like fourth or fifth grade. Oh man, that's just where you start feeling embarrassed about stuff anyways, yeah. right? At that age, because you start kind of noticing girls and girls start mm -hmm. noticing you. Oh, that's... Oh yeah, we had weddings in, in the, like the backfields. Oh, I... You think I don't understand? I under I remember in fourth grade there was a big tree on the playground, and I I dated a girl 
I don't know if you call it oh, dated. Yeah. What from, are you gonna do? From right? third grade to sixth grade was when we dated, and uh, to be fair, we went on three dates that entire time, and each date was bowling. We went bowling <laughs> three oh times. We never really we didn't hold hands. We didn't kiss. You know, we didn't do anything for three years. I don't know if that's really dating, but we considered ourselves in a relationship from third to sixth grade. And I remember in fourth grade, I asked her to marry me. Oh and I remember gosh. that day, because she said yes, and we were going to have our <laughs> wedding. And that day, my best friend Taylor was going to be our wedding officiant, you know. And oh, uh, so I, I showed up to school in regular clothes, but <laughs> underneath my regular clothes, I wore my best suit like under it all day. So I wore like multiple layers. And this was in like pretty close to summertime in, in, in Montana. And I know we can all think like, Ooh, Montana gets really cold in the winter, but it also gets very hot in the summer. <laughs> so I was wearing all these and I had, I had stolen a ring from my mom's jewelry box that I was going to use on her. And I was so excited. I was dressed up ready for this whole thing. And then she didn't even show up. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so I never got married oh, in fourth grade. Um, so I don't know. I guess that's an embarrassing thing that I went through. I didn't, I didn't think about. Um, for me, my embarrassing thing, I would say there's like two big things that come to mind. Like when I was younger, I was the ball boy on my brother's all-star baseball team. He was much older than me and I was young at the time. And so, you know, anytime someone would throw a wild pitch and it would go behind or, you know, hit a foul ball and bounce off the fence behind, I would be the guy that runs out and grabs the ball or whatever just that's yeah. what i did and i remember it was uh we were at the state tournament because they had won the city level of the all-stars and they went to state and there was a ball boy on the other team and so there was like a competition oh, between man. me and him who could get that's out there hilarious. the fastest to get the ball and i remember i ran out there it was the first ball and i don't know if this is true or if this is my memory from being a kid exaggerating this but it felt like there was a couple thousand people in the stands uh, at this baseball game and i ran out there i got out there first i got the ball put the ball in the air and the whole crowd uh, like was cheering and stuff and i was, as i was running back to the dugout i tripped and face planted in the oh. dirt and the ball went loose and i felt like the whole crowd was laughing at me like all <laughs> two thousand people and so that that's been a point of big embarrassment. I just remember that. But I'd say in my later years, if I had an embarrassing moment, I remember it was probably the first time I took offering here at New Life when we launched New Life in 2011. And I was, you know, I wanted, I was trying to prove myself, right? And yeah. like come up with this great story to tell before offering to really, uh, um, challenge the people and inspire them. And I talked about, uh, I was just so nervous. My mind wasn't fully there. I was talking about how, you know, Moses parted the Red Seas and how he had to have his hands held up for him and how, you know, when his hands were up, the water was parted and how when his hands were let down, the water came, it was coming back in. And I was mixing up two stories from oh. the Bible entirely because uh, it was just, it was when, you know, God was lifting up his hands, they were winning the battle and this battle in the Bible, but when his hands weren't lifted, they would start losing the battle. Had right. nothing to do with the parting of the Red Sea. And I was mixing up two stories and I was like telling it so confidently during this offering thing. And no one in the crowd was saying anything. They were all like, amen and stuff like that. And then later, you know, because uh, uh, Pastor Troy, our lead pastor is my father-in-law, later at dinner, he's like, you know, that was completely inaccurate, right? And I like, it dawned on me. I was like, Oh no. And then I had like this second hand, like, I don't know, not second hand embarrassment, but like, 
I wasn't embarrassed in the moment because I didn't realize it. But then I was like, oh my gosh, I just like my first time on stage speaking this Bible story, I got it completely yeah, just, wrong. Just a couple of chapters in between, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the point was a good point, <laughs> but you know, you kind of want to be biblically accurate right. when you're talking about that stuff. Um, but oh my goodness, oh. that's just, yeah. That's, that's an embarrassment. What about you guys at home? We have opened up our hearts to you guys and let you guys know about us. What is the most embarrassing thing you guys have ever done? We'd love to know. Put your answer in the comments. And while you're doing that, we want to get into this week's conversation. Um, it was a great message this week. Uh, it, it really always is a, a great message. But uh, I just want to know like what part of this week's... Because uh, it was called Shame Off You. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's on YouTube and on Facebook. Um... We also just recently started streaming on Twitch, too. If you're on Twitch, you can watch it there. Um, but this shame off you message, was there any particular part of the message that was, like, impactful for you? Like, what did you walk away from this week's message uh, learning about? Uh, the way that Pastor Troy had pointed out on, I believe it was on Hebrews 12, too, mm-hmm. how he pointed out scorning its shame. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to say hate. A lot of people don't even want to use that word because it's so strong. There's just yeah, like, and there's some there's connotations to it in right. today's culture, right? Yeah. But to say like I scorn so and so, you just don't hear that every day. And so no, not at all. Yeah, that's and I don't want you to talk talking too much about that point honestly because that's coming a little bit later on in the discussion you just had no idea um we're going to be talking about uh, hebrews 12 too um i yeah it was it was a good message um it it really spoke to me just because i just you know you feel like you've gotten over past sins a lot of times and but there are certain moments that you just you still feel that shame like okay i know i'm forgiven but man i really messed up um right and it doesn't even have to be something that was like super recent you know it could be like years ago something comes back in your mind you're like geez i really messed up when i did that or you know when i didn't do what i knew i was supposed to do right um so it really spoke to me that i really don't need to be feeling this shame anymore. I have been forgiven. I have worked through this. I, you know, I, I've gotten to the other side and I am no longer who I was back then. And, and I'm not defined by the, the sins of my past because they've been paid for. And that was just kind of, it's a general point from the message, but that's, that's kind of what really sunk in for me. We'd love to know for you guys too. If you watched this last weekend's message, what was the like, impactful part for you what did you get out of it and and maybe what you got out of it will be an inspiration or encouragement to someone else in the online campus you never know um but another verse that troy talked about because we'll get to hebrews 12 2 in a minute right. was from the book of genesis genesis 2 25 25 says this it says now the man and his wife were both naked but they felt no shame and the bible talks uh, you know in different points about the word shame and the word guilt and the difference between the two but what do you feel like what's the difference between shame and guilt how would you define that or describe that to someone who is going through that yeah uh, for shame it's feeling bad about who you are but guilt is feeling bad about something that you did and how how would that 
how is that different in someone's inner being? Like, how does... Is there more... Is one more severe than the other, you feel like? Is, like, what... Along those lines? Um, I would say that the... The shame is more severe. Um, because guilt... We've all done something that... If it were to surface, if it were to... Uh, go out on social media it might change the way that people look at us that our family and friends look at us yeah um, and so but shame to be able to or let's say for example um, nowadays if you're something gets put out on the internet and you do something bad to say uh, let's see if you do something bad to an animal, like you become public enemy number one. Wow, yeah. But if you do something to a human, uh, per se, like for the gospel, we believe that Jesus died on the cross. And so for us to uh, really believe that something was done to Jesus, uh, a living human being, he was whipped on the back 39 times. He was... Um, <clears throat> spit on the face, all this horrible, horrible stuff that I w wouldn't even want to wish on my worst enemy. Yeah. So I think that's done to a, a living human being. You would think that the gap between us and God should be so much further. Hmm. Um, and so, let's see. I don't know where I'm going with this. No, it's all right. I, but, like it just it makes me think like, I'm not saying this is always true, so please don't take this as like a blanket statement. Yeah. But I think that sometimes we can get more up in arms or feel more emotional about something that happens to an animal than when yeah. something happens to a human. Right. Like that, that's where I was trying to go. Is like, yeah, you th you think of movies, and and there's a lot of movies that you know you feel really touched by, like the loss of the main character or something right. like that. But I mean, like in my mind, I think of okay, you know, it was a big moment when. Iron Man was killed in the right. MCU, but can you imagine the outcry if they killed Airbud <laughs> in that franchise? Like, you know, like just you feel more attached to an animal right. sometimes than you do to humans. I think we've grown numb sometimes to to that type of stuff. And yeah, I like you. It comes to guilt and shame. Yeah, we, you like you. You hit it on the head. Guilt, we all, we've all felt that way because we've all done something stupid. We've all sinned. and But shame has a way of lingering a little bit longer because it's about who you are. Yeah. It's more personal, right? Yeah. And I think the conversation of who you are is so lost in today's world because with social media, it's... I. I think I can speak for my generation that so often we attach ourselves to certain uh, social media pages to where it's like, oh, I like what this says, so I'm going to start following this. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to take a little bit of this. And so the conversation of who we are is so fragmented wow. that it's just like this conversation of who we are in Jesus is so far away. Yeah, or it can feel so far away for <clears throat> the young young adult of today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like has there ever been? I'm sure there has, but like a time that God 
freed you from living in a place of shame? Let's see. Hmm. I think just in the way that I would open up about certain stuff and to see, oh, okay, I'm still accepted in a way. Uh, I'm, they still treat me like, well, I say they, I mean, church family still treats me as, as like family. Uh, mm. I think, I don't think I can fully say I'm out of shame, but I've made progress. And so. That's good. Can you think of like a, not that I want to push you on it, but yeah. can you think of like a specific situation where you're like, you felt really shameful about it or about, you know, how you conducted yourself and God has been able to redeem that? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. This just surfaced or just came to my mind. Okay. But actually last year when we had the alt, we had an all team meeting and at the time I was really struggling, like really struggling with pornography and uh, it got to a point where I mentioned it to the team and on some uh, staff teams if you mention that it's just like you're booted right away um, but to to see that uh, even the leadership team still accepted me uh, and said okay we're gonna do uh, this to help you and there's even counsel from you guys I think that really was a huge turning point um, into finding freedom from pornography. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the points that our church prides itself in that we focus on is he being healthy yeah. in like every facet, right? Um, and I, as you know, you know my story very well because I talk about it all the time and we've talked about it personally that I also struggled with pornography addiction for years and years and years while I was on staff at the church, right? Yeah. Um, and they helped me get through it just like we've helped you get through it too. And right. I understand the tremendous amount of shame that you feel. Like there's a lot of guilt that you feel too. Like I shouldn't have done this, right? Yeah. Um, but then because of what you've done, you also feel the shame about like, I am I'm dirty, right? I right. I'm disgusting. I I'm unworthy. You know, I don't deserve A B C and uh, it's almost like a nightly discussion that you have in your head. Right. Um, and I think that there's probably quite a few guys online, not just guys, but gals too. This is it's a topic that not a lot of people talk about, but it's a topic that a vast majority of people struggle with. Um, so know that if you struggle uh, with pornography addiction, you are not alone. Um, not by a long shot. There's a lot of people in our church that struggle with this who are seeking out freedom from that bondage. And uh, let me tell you, it is it is a difficult um, life of sin to get out of. Um, yeah. Because you try to do it on your own. Because there's because there's this aspect of shame, right? Right. You feel like okay, there's something wrong with me. And so I'm going to feel much better about it if I myself redeem it, right? Because then you can, like, feel better about yourself. Um, but it doesn't work that way. Um, yeah. You have to give it to Jesus, and Jesus has to do, do his redemptive work in you. And then you can't boast in yourself, right? Right. Uh, the shame is gone uh, as well, which is a great byproduct. But, uh, yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, I think you definitely hit it on the head, uh if I could share a quick story about... Of course you can. Yeah. Uh, so, it's about... 
around 19 or 20, I had my first car. It was a I was pretty spoiled. I got an Infiniti <laughs> Q45. And oh around, yeah! Wow. Driving around Stockton and kind of look like a, <laughs> like a drug dealer. Oh you no! Can edit that out if you want to. Oh, I know. <laughs> this is staying in. <laughs> this uh, these are all completely unedited. But anyways, so I got around to just like two blocks away from my house, and then I tried to turn. For some reason, I couldn't turn. And being a 20 year old, I only know so much about cars. Even now just think about yeah. how much I knew then um, and I couldn't turn but I eventually called my dad and he's like oh it's the power steering fluid but in that moment just trying to turn I was sweating oh, it was like a full it. on workout yep my, I had I, a truck that had no power steering so I oh, man. oh I get it and I think much of the battle not just with pornography but actually with shame is like that battle of trying to turn without power steering fluid yeah um and it says in the bible that where there's two or three gathered in my name i am there in the midst of them and so i want to speak to the online campus because uh, i know that there's many people because of covid because of just how things are uh, many people are dealing with isolation Absolutely. and so um even though you might not be able to physically um, uh, be here find some kind of way to to overcome that that shame um, I don't, whatever you have to do to be, uh, overcome that shame because it is so worth it I, and I don't have to be on the fully on the other side to be able to say that but I can see the difference in other people's lives as well so absolutely and it's you got to stay connected, right? That is a huge part of it, staying connected with other brothers and sisters in Christ so that when you have a moment of breakdown, you have people that you can call on to get you out of that situation, right? right? Um, but the thing is, like, for that truck, or not, it was a car for you, but for that incident where you ran out of power steering fluid, you know, your dad came to help you out. Um, yeah. It's good for a one-time thing, right? But right. say you just start driving down the street again, well, what happens when you get to another turn? If you don't get power steering fluid, right. you're not going to, it doesn't fix your issue, right? You made it through that one battle, but yeah. when the next battle comes up, you're just going to have to call someone else to come up on uh, and help you. But uh, like, I, that's just such a great representation, Mark, of what, what you're saying. Like, when you have an issue, you can try to do it on your own. Right, And you might be able to get through a battle one time. You might be able to get through a few battles with bringing other brothers and sisters alongside of you. But if you aren't getting that power steering fluid, if you aren't getting Jesus, right? right. And putting him into the system and having him work like he's supposed to work, you're just going to keep getting into battle after battle after battle after battle. And you're never going to win that war. Um, and I think that's true in every area of shame. Uh, right. No matter what, it doesn't have to be pornography addiction, right? Yeah. Just if you don't deal with pornography addiction, you're like, I'm off the hook tonight. You ain't off the hook tonight, right? You right. got something going on in your life. Um, so thank you for, for sharing that. Um, that was really, really, really insightful. I love that. Um, but I want to get to the verse that you said earlier, Hebrews 12, 2. Yeah. And it says this. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, which is what you po uh, pointed out and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Um, 
so you were kind of getting into it a little bit earlier, but can you tell me, what do you think about this verse? Um, you know, you were talking about scorning at shame and what that meant to you, but when you read this verse, what sticks out to you? What about this verse is impactful to you? Yeah, uh, it is, I'm sure that it looked uh, very different for uh, the day of Jesus um, and how it applied. Um, it, you have the Romans, for them to read that same verse, um, that would have been really powerful because they were like, we were the ones who crucified Jesus. And for the, the people, uh, Jesus' people, the Hebrews, they might have had the conversation of, well, <clears throat> he showed us the miracles, he showed us uh, his wounds and all that. There's 500 people that witnessed it. And for us to be able to hear that uh, while we, we can, we no longer have to live in law. We no longer have to live in shame. That must have been like really powerful. And then for today, uh, it doesn't matter where you are on the, the, let's see, if you're rich or poor, the enemy will use shame to just weigh you down. For some parents, um, in the summer, they feel shame because they can't afford to uh, give their children the summer vacation that they want. And then for, I know that, that this is to be true for a lot of children um, because I'm not too far off. You know? But when you're in between the ages of, let's say, 5 to 19, the way that you're perceived to your friends, the clothes that you wear is everything. And when you can't afford to have those things, you feel some some kind of way. And so, um, and then on the other side of that, uh, there's also shame. And <clears throat> for someone who's maybe well-to-do, maybe they felt shame because uh, the lineage that they came from wasn't the way they wanted it to look. And so they went out and accomplished X, Y, and Z in hopes that it would bring them fulfillment, but it never really does, right? So um, to be able to have that message of, you don't have to live in that shame, you don't have to uh, live in that identity is, is so powerful. Absolutely. I think there's probably a lot of people who are like, I can't, I can't even like visualize right. what it would look like to live without shame. And as someone who has been through shame and out of shame because of, you know, the work that Jesus has done in your life, what, what do you think, what would it, what does it look like to live without shame? Like, how would you describe that to someone who is just like, I have no concept of having no shame in my life because I'm so full of shame. Like, right. what, what would that look like for someone to live without shame? Well, as a young adult, uh, I'll be honest that there are just financial struggles. Um, and so for our young adult group, um, we talk about it. Um, actually, what you coined, what you guys coined as the lean years. And so we don't have to put up a front that, you know, none of us are balling or anything like that um, and so to be able to 
help undo those kinds of things in, in community is um, something that I really uh, look forward to and it's something that I'm trying to trust God in that he's gonna he, he's gonna provide and absolutely so, what do you think like how how would life change and you can talk like based on your right experience if you want to or like an example of someone else if you want but how would how would life change if you focused or someone focused less on who you're not or who they're not and more on who Jesus is how does that what does that look like in someone's life and how does that change someone's life what's your experience with that I think it's it would make it so much easier to be able to to talk about uh, the things that God has redeemed me from or even uh, let's see the shame of I don't know having a certain part of my family origin that I don't feel comfortable talking about or um, the fact that I, I mentioned earlier but then the fact that I still struggle with not pornography but then um, just having those sexual urges um, and to be able to talk about that just so openly I think is like really uh, goes against the grain of like where our culture is because right like when you go on social media you want to be able to project this certain image but I think that would just really open up the conversation for other people to to see like a different side of church I think uh, I think a lot of people limit themselves too yeah. because of what they believe they can do or what they believe they deserve they should right. be able to do based on what they've done Yeah. Um, and I think that when you start focusing less on who you perceive yourself to be and the skills that you perceive yourself to have, right? Yeah. The gifts and talents that you think you have. And you focus more on Jesus and how he is all powerful and all loving. And he can do anything with anyone, um, no matter what. Um, it, it starts to change everything because we feel like we can't do things because of who we are or what we've done. Right. That we don't even try because we have just come up to this preconceived or conclusion um that i can't do that and so i'm not even going to try to do that right um and you know we talked about this we had a group called the conquer group um for the past couple months um with a bunch of guys who are dealing with um pornography addiction and trying to get them through it and um one of the things i talked to them about because i led the group was that um, they might feel like they are unqualified for ministry because of this thing that they've done and the shame that they feel inside of themselves. Yeah. But this thing that they've done actually qualifies them more to be in ministry because they can speak to those things. Right. So when you have this area of shame or guilt in your life, um, that when God heals you of it, he actually enables you to take that thing that you thought you could never use because of how 
gross you felt about yourself yeah. and use you to minister in that area for other people. The Bible talks about it too, right? Um, taking what the enemy intended for harm and turning it around for our good. Yeah. Uh, that's what Jesus does for us in uh, this area of our life, whatever area that is for you guys. That when you have this guilt and shame in your life, that God can take that, heal you, and turn it around so that you can minister to people in that exact area. Um, guys who have struggled with pornography addiction, who through Jesus beat that addiction, can turn around and minister to other guys who are going through that same addiction that they were in. Um, people who were victims of abuse in a home as a kid or as a spouse or whatever it was, right. um, can talk to people who are currently going through and mind you this is usually after you've experienced healing right so you find healing in that through jesus and jesus alone jesus takes that area that you thought disqualified you from ministry and he uses that to minister to other people and i think that is one of the coolest things about god that that happens when you focus on who jesus is and not who you perceive yourself to be in your right. limitations and your shame. You got to focus on Jesus. And so what I want to do is I want to give you guys a practical thing to do at home to apply uh, this week to help in this area. All right. Um, it's similar to what I asked you guys to do this week, but it's slightly different. What I want you to do this week is I want you to tell God and I want you to tell someone that you trust about something that you feel ashamed of. Um, whether it's a big or small thing, doesn't matter. Um, I would say if you have a big thing, don't tell someone the small thing. Go for the biggest thing, all right? Um, most impact. But tell God and someone that you trust about something that you feel ashamed of. And then, because I believe that, uh, and the Bible says when you bring it out of the darkness into the light, then God can do something in that. God, healing starts to happen in yeah. that moment. And so... Um, do that. And if you would like uh, to talk to a new life counselor for deeper help in that area, because not everyone, you know, you bring up an issue and sometimes people just aren't prepared or, you know, ready to help you through that. If you want to talk to a new life counselor for deeper help in whatever your area that is, you can please reach out at newlifeca.church slash counseling. And uh, they have in-person counseling if you live in uh, uh, this Central Valley of California. Um, that's where our, our all of our uh, counseling, pastoral counseling staff is, or they also do FaceTime appointments or Skype appointments, Zoom appointments, whatever uh, app you use. Um, they do appointments through that. And so just know wherever you're at, we can make that happen for you guys, but you have to reach out. All right. So newlifeca.church slash counseling. Um, Mark, I want to ask you uh, if you wouldn't mind um, being someone who has gone through tremendous shame in their life and yeah. been on the other side of that because of Jesus, would you mind praying over the people in our online campus who are currently experiencing that shame and that God would do something uh, incredible in their life? I would love to. Awesome. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for uh, who you are. God, that you are the God that sees us at our high points and our low points, God. And so, uh, God, I pray for uh, the person that's watching and the person that will watch later. God, that you would uh, help them to overcome uh, whatever battle it is that they're going through, God. God, would you be their strength? Would you remind them uh, that you are uh, that you are the one that calls them uh, sons and daughters? And so, 
uh, God, we thank you that we get to be a part of your, your, beautiful, uh, your beautiful kingdom. Um, and I pray, God, that you would continue to strengthen us in faith uh, to continue take step by step with you. For you have said that, uh, that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And so, God, help us to trust in you with everything that we have. In Jesus' mighty and powerful name, amen and amen. Amen, amen. Well, listen, we, we live a lifestyle of prayer here at this church. And so I want to let you know at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, wherever that is, whatever time that is for you, wherever you're watching across the globe, we have nightly prayer on our Facebook page, New Life Church Network. Join us tonight, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We pray as a church network for all of the needs, all of the praise reports and all of the things that people need. You know, there's just so many, so much stuff going on. We have such a large network. Um, we pray every single night with one of our staff members. So make sure you join us there. And if you have a prayer request, please submit those at our website, newlifeca.church slash prayer, or you can submit them in the comment section. I read those and I'll put them, uh, uh, but just know that, um, if it's a public prayer for, for Facebook, you can put that in the comment section. Um, but there is also a place on our website for confidential prayer requests that you don't necessarily want the whole world to know about it. But uh, our pastoral staff receives that, and we pray over that at our staff meetings. And so you can do that those at our website. Um, also, as a quick reminder, if you have been touched by the ministries here at New Life Church, God has called us to give of our financial resources to make sure his mission goes far and beyond what we ever thought possible. And so you can give a couple different ways. You can give at our website, newlifeca.church slash give, or you can text the word online to 209-647-3878 to uh, give to the ministries here at New Life Church. Um, Mark, thank you so much for joining us tonight. You were a, a blast to have here. Had a lot of stuff to say. Any last words you want to give to the people at home? Let's see. Uh, well, even though overcoming the shame might be hard, um, even though it might be a battle, uh, just think about uh, if you don't do it, do you want to be stuck in wondering what if 10 years from now? And so <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be stuck in that uh, wondering what if? What if I had stepped into uh, into counseling? What if I had uh, had that conversation about uh, what I'm so ashamed of with my friend? And so, uh, let's not leave things to chance. Awesome. Thanks for that final word, Mark. I want to give you guys a final word myself too. It's the same one I give every single week. Matthew 6.33 says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. And I pray that that verse blesses you. When you follow through on that verse, he has promised to take care of every single one of your needs. So thank you guys for joining me tonight. Uh, and I hope to see you guys again soon, hopefully for prayer at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time tonight, or I'll see you guys sometime in the near future. All right, see ya.